Jordan. Ian. Who thought they were getting into the swing of things, recorded episode 22, and are now thinking of packing it all in and becoming Avon representatives. <laughs> Joe Rogan? No. Two guys. What? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 23 of Two Guys What's Up, the weekly comedy podcast where two guys get drunk and blurt nonsense. My name is Ian, and I am joined by the third man to ever scale Mount Ian, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, and I'll tell you why. I'm sat here drinking cider from Normandy. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Well, it sounds as if like it's a massive event in my life. <laughs> like I'm telling everyone, oh, by the way, I've got some cider from Normandy. Holy shit, Jordan, tell us more. <laughs> so it was my wife's 30th a few days ago, and her parents, who live in the south of France, decided to come visit us and spend a bit of time with us. And that was lovely, and they surprised me even though it's not my birthday <laughs> with some amazing bottles of cider from Normandy because they went to visit some friends there before they came over very nice and it is the nicest cider I've ever had it is about 8% volume so it's literally like a bottle of wine but it's just beautiful the bottle itself says it's an aperitif goes well with poultry pork veal cheeses desserts and pancakes apparently pancakes? <laughs> yeah why did they name everything else like by its name like like, they said poultry, why didn't they just say chicken? Because it could be turkey. Fair enough, I'll let you off. <laughs> and it also reads, good for sauces and marinades. Should be stored between 8 Celsius and 12 Celsius. 8 and 12, that's very particular. It is very particular, but in my belly, it can be whatever. Does that mean it's going to go sour as soon as it reaches your tummy? Potentially, but I've enjoyed it by that point, so I don't really care. Yeah, as long as the mouth gets what it wants, the tummy can f*** off. <laughs> I'll remind my wife of that fact. <laughs> Moving on, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm happy. I'm alert, funnily enough, because after the grand failure, let's face it, of episode 22... Don't know what you're on about. You know fine well what I am on about. <laughs> Don't you lie. I decided to do a little bit of research, and I think I have found the key to what makes a good podcast. Okay. Is it a gold or a silver key? It's a metaphorical key, Jordan. Oh, okay. So it could be either. Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. A rainbow key. Any, anything, yeah. Could be a key made out of fucking dildos, for all I care. As long as it works, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm not going to ask where the lock is. <laughs> You know, you know where it is. I'll leave you to it. <laughs> well, no, um, it is uh, none of the things that you were thinking about. It is, it's not sleep, not being well rested. It's not even well researched content. I'll have you know, it's none of that fucking bollocks. Okay, that's lucky. <laughs> Because yeah. I don't sleep and I don't do research. And I don't do good content. <laughs> the key to a good, well-rounded podcast is iced coffee and a smidgen of cocaine. <laughs> that was my second guess. <laughs> I knew it was going to be. <laughs> I've got a little bit of a funny story for you about how I came into the possession of my power podcast powder. Okay, go on. I'm intrigued. Well, it's funny. I was given a series of clues on how I could get to the dealer that would only deal to people who can break the bizarre code that leads them to their location. Turns out in the end it was a back alley behind my house, but so that was a completely wasted week. <laughs> it took you a week, did it, to figure that out? <laughs> well, I had to battle creatures, play a couple demons at chess, fight a crackhead, you know, the usual trials and tribulations of an aspiring podcaster. Yeah, it's my usual Monday mornings. Yeah, when the podcast comes out, there's always people at the door and they're trying to get our prowess and knowledge. But not after episode 22, they were like, yeah. <laughs> Those crackheads stayed at home. <laughs> 
But there, this is the funny part, because when I finally found the dealer, it's really weird that I could have swore I knew them. Something rang a bell in my tiny mind, and I just got the feeling that I recognised them, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Maybe you could help me, Jordan? I am so eager to know where this is going. <laughs> well, as I approached the dealer, after I just got finished sucking off Bigfoot, which was one of the challenges, I approached and I asked them, are you the fabled dealer I seek? And they were stood there, shrouded in shadow, just out of reach of the light, and they answered, and all they said was, Ham. <laughs> I don't know who that could be. I was thinking, who, who is that? I recognise that from somewhere. No, nah, I have no idea what you're talking about. It'd just be a figment of the imagination, I think. Well, definitely not, because... <laughs> oh, holy sh! I think that's glass! <laughs> that's... I think a backflip might help you. Mate, I think at the moment I could probably do about 30 in a row. <laughs> Your head's certainly spinning. <laughs> Watch this, Jordan. Ian, no, come on, stop it. We, we've got stuff to do. Ian. I'm on a roll. Ian. I'm going for the world record. Ian, stop it. Get your butt on that drum stool. I think I broke my ankle. It's fine. I'm okay. Sorry about that. As long as your balls go numb on that drum stool, that's all that matters. <laughs> you sadist. <laughs> Right, Ian, so what on earth have we got going today? Well, today I am going to be telling you about five different... Sorry, one second, I think I need another hit. <laughs> oh, f that's still glass! <laughs> so, today I am going to be telling you and the audience at home about five different types of ghosts. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, great, ghosts, I just wish this p*** could shut up. And to that I say, how could you, man? I thought we were friends. <laughs> It's that brotherly love. That's what you say every time you punch me in the face. <laughs> love your brother. <laughs> the kicking you in the nuts is just for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I enjoy seeing you writhe around on the floor. That's why I have to sit on this drum stool for so long, because it makes my balls go numb, and then I'm impervious to your ball kicking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Every time we hang up after the podcast, you're like, right, I'll see you in 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Ready for you, Jordan. It's like some sort of weird karate training or something. Like like pain endurance and exactly, that sort yeah. of stuff. And like getting your skin all nice and hard so you can karate chop a tree whenever you feel like it. Yep, because that is really useful. Absolutely, yeah. I put that on my CV. I mean, landscapers cost a bomb. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm just walking down the street and I see an old granny trying to pave her front garden. I'm just like, hey, I'll help you with that one. <laughs> It's just a shame you've got such bad accuracy. <laughs> yeah, I've killed about eight old grannies in the last week. <laughs> I should really uh, train a little harder on um, my accuracy and not just chopping up hard things. With great power comes great responsibility. Was that great powder? <laughs> <laughs> Ian, calm down. <laughs> my apologies, Jordan. What are we going to be listening to you talk about today? Today, I have a compilation of the dumbest things people have ever said. Brilliant. <laughs> and I, some of them are f***ing stupid. How many times do I appear on this list? <laughs> oh, it's purely you. Yeah, it's just an Ian. It's just a list of Ian's things. <laughs> I was actually made into a meme at one point. You were a Transformer thing. Yeah. It was like, Mom, do Transformers get life insurance or car insurance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with such a, like, a blank look on your face with an open mouth. <laughs> I think, right, it's because I was absolutely shattered one morning and my friend went to take a picture of me and I was just like, f**k's sake, man. And so I just kind of like pulled a like really kind of face and he was like, 
And then he just took that photo and then just put a load of stupid things like, Mom, what does... And then just added like some horrible thing to it. I think it was because I was cooking a pizza and I put it to the wrong setting. And then I was like, oh, shit, Mom, I grilled the pizza. So he put that as the first thing is, Mom, I grilled the pizza. Oh, if we find any of these, can we please put some on Instagram? Absolutely, yeah, most definitely. I'm more than happy to have my reputation dragged through the mud for the sake of a couple laughs. Good, as long as you're all right with that, I just wanted to check. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, I'm ready to hear about some ghosties. Right, okay, well, Jordan, hold on to your bollocks, because the ghosts that I am going to be talking about today come with a twist. The ghosts that I am going to be telling you about are ghosts of the living. Now I'm confused. (laughs) My specialty. These apparitions that appear before you or around you are of people who are still living that come to bring you some news warn you of an upcoming doom or simply just to do some stuff before their real counterpart arrives and following these explanations i'm going to be giving you an example of one true tale of each of these reported ghosties so gather round and let's start with the vardiga have you ever heard of a vardiga jordan i haven't okie dokie so coming from scandinavian folklore this phenomenon involves the phantom appearance and behavior of a living individual just before their real counterpart arrives and engages in the same actions. Do you mean like a doppelganger? Ah, we'll get to that. You see, these are all different variations and different classes, and they all exhibit different characteristics, which makes them their own thing. Got you. Okay. So similar to a doppelganger, the Vardiger mirrors every aspect of the real person, appearance, voice, scent, and even personality. Witnesses believe that when seeing a Vardiger, that they have interacted with a real person or an actual individual, only to be astonished when the real person arrives later, unaware of their prior encounter. Ah, okay. Yeah, so it's almost like experiencing a reverse deja vu, a premonition of events to come. In some cases, Vardigers repeat the same actions multiple times before the real individual arrives, whether it be in a single day or over an extended period. So a little story just to try and explain it a little bit better. Mm. In a small village in Ireland, on a chilly evening, a man named Bill... I didn't write his name down, there's just blank space. (laughs) Did you just put a man named... I'll leave that for later. Yeah. (laughs) And the compilation of dumbest things people have said. (laughs) Number one goes to Ian. (laughs) Oh, I didn't finish my notes. Okay, what did Bill do? Okay, so Bill was walking home from work, and as he approached his house, he noticed the front door slightly ajar. Assuming his wife, Mary, I did actually write that name in, had forgotten to close it properly. He pushed it open and walked in. Inside, oh sh**, I wrote his name here, it's Liam. Ah, Liam Neeson. Maybe. I've just come back from recording War of the Worlds. I did a sh** job, just like episode 22 of Two Guys What's Up. (laughs) So, inside, Liam saw Mary standing in the kitchen preparing dinner. He greeted her, and she responded with a smile. They engaged in a brief conversation about their day, and Liam noticed nothing out of the ordinary, and he even gave Mary a playful pat on the back as he passed by, and feeling exhausted, he decided to go and get a quick shower before dinner. However, as he entered the bathroom and closed the door, he heard the front door open again. So startled, he rushed out of the bathroom and found Mary entering the house. Confused and alarmed, he asked her if she had been in the kitchen just moments ago. Mary looked at him with a mix of concern and confusion, denying ever being in the kitchen earlier. So Liam shared his bizarre encounter with Mary, who listened intently. They searched the entire house together, but there was no sign of anyone. Both Liam and Mary were bewildered by the experience, unable to explain how someone who looked and acted exactly like Mary had been in the kitchen moments before their arrival. Mm, Okay. So super creepy, huh? 
Yeah, that is kind of weird. So, is this classed as a ghost, then? That's what I'm not understanding, because a ghost implies that it's someone that's dead, in traditional ways of thinking. Yeah, I think that's just the sort of way that we think, you know, like, you think banana, you think yellow thing in your hand, you know what I mean? But there are multiple types of bananas. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe that's a bad example if you didn't know that. (laughs) No, it makes sense. I didn't know there were different types of bananas, so there you go, that's something I've learned today. I guess ghost just means more like apparition, so it's like the person but not them it's like yeah an ethereal form or version of them that makes sense yeah yeah that does make sense smashing so next let's move on to by location so i'm assuming that is where someone's in two places at the same time that is correct occurrences where the same person is seen in two different places simultaneously Biolocation entities are identical in every way to the real person. They may be observed in a completely different location and engaging in entirely different activities from the real individual. Similar to the Vardiga, they possess a spirit-copied-like nature, mirroring the true essence of the person. However, they lack the malevolence associated with doppelgangers, which we will get into shortly, so don't jump ahead, Jordan. Okay, okay, that's fine. Biolocations don't provide a precise premonitory experience, as Vardigas do. Instead, they seem to operate in parallel realities, going about their business as a real person would. Imagine encountering someone you believe to be the real individual walking about, only for them to be able to then prove that they were in an entirely different location the next day when you mentioned to them. So, just a question, and you may get into this, so apologies if you do. For sake, John, sick of you. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> sorry, I mean, I mean, carry on. Yes, yes, friend. What can I do for you? <laughs> So my question is, if, for example, I see one of these other people that I thought was you, does that other person think it is you? Does that make sense? So does it have sentience? Does it believe it's me? Yes, exactly, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay, (laughs) I'm glad I asked. (laughs) What did I say at the beginning? It's nothing to do with good research, Jordan. I'm just telling you a cool story here. Cool, that's fine. That's all right. I won't (laughs) say a thing for the end of this. I'm just going to turn my mic off. If you wouldn't mind, just go away. (laughs) Go and drink your cider in, in your bedroom or something. Oh, well, it's from Normandy, did you know? I've sort of heard three times now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I've forgotten how many people I've told, that's all. After this podcast, I think that the total number will be four. <laughs> that depends if we've retained all our listeners after episode 22. That is true. <laughs> Okie dokie, so a little bit of a story about biolocation. So, in the 18th century, a notable case of biolocation involved a Spanish nun named Saint Teresa of the Andes. During her time in her convent, Teresa claimed to experience moments of biolocation where she would be present in two places simultaneously. One of the most well-documented cases of her biolocation occurred when she was seriously ill and confined to her bed. So while she lay bedbound, unable to physically leave her room, she would be described being vividly seen interacting with other members of the community, engaging in conversations, and participating in various activities. Mm, okay. Multiple witnesses attested to the accuracy of these accounts, verifying that Teresa seemed to be present in multiple locations at the same time. These biolocation experiences of Teresa were particularly striking because they often involved her providing comfort, guidance, and spiritual support to her fellow sisters. Oh, okay. Almost like a bit of a guiding light. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it would be what sort of lenses you look at it, sort of paranormal, religious, or whatever, as to where it came from. But if this second spirit the copy of you is talking to other people and giving guidance and stuff like that, I guess it would have some kind of sentience about it, so it's not just like uh, an inanimate visage, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's almost like it knows it has purpose. Yeah, and it's sort of walking around, talking to people, stealing fruit and punching cattle. (laughs) As you do, of course, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, super interesting. Very interesting. It does make me wonder, though, what would happen to this potential sentient being if the actual person happened to 
you know stumble upon it. Uh, well, that's the doppelganger. Oh, uh, okay. You're jumping ahead again, Jordan. Sorry, sorry, can't help it. Keep your questions to the end and close down your inquisitive mind, you bastard. Closing deal. <laughs> oh, God, I've killed him. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> My quest is complete. That's all it took. <laughs> now for the next on the list, crisis apparitions. Uh, what, sorry? Crisis apparitions. Rises. As in, oh, no, I'm having a crisis. Oh, I couldn't hear the C. Oh, right, I see. <laughs> it just said, rises. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what's that? So, uh, bad things. Yes, well, these are spirits of living individuals that appear to their friends and relatives during moments of extreme distress. Right. C-c-crisis, Jordan, apparitions. You got a stutter. <laughs> I'm just making sure you know what I'm saying so I don't get interrupted again. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> I'm on the edge. Of, f- you, man. I'm on the edge of my seat here. I'll drive around to your house and I'll show you my notes so you can read it yourself. <laughs> I'll show you what I've learned in karate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you what I did to all them grannies. <laughs> Depends if the doppelgangers are there as well. Yeah, there's just like four of me turn up. <laughs> beautiful so crisis operations often occur when somebody is near death undergoing a traumatic experience or suffering from severe illness okay these apparitions can be seen as an involuntary call for help or an attempt to reach out to loved ones during dire circumstances for instance you might find yourself lying in bed chilling out you look up to see your still living loved one standing in your room shortly after you then might learn that that person is in poor health or taking a turn for the worse and doctors are not expecting them to survive much longer sort of thing so i've got a little story about a woman named carla and her daughter Cindy whose names were changed for the story okay alright but Cindy worked as a primary school teacher and rode a scooter which is important later so as well as teaching Cindy provided private lessons to high school students after her regular school hours to earn extra money one rainy evening tragedy struck when poor Cindy had a devastating bike accident and became trapped under a truck oh dear at around 8pm that night there was a loud banging at Carla's door for you see Carla was Cindy's mum so Carla thought it was Cindy she thought she was knocking because she had forgotten her keys but when Carla opened the door, she was shocked to see Cindy standing there and shouting at her mother about being late for her private class. Carla insisted that it was already 8pm, three hours after the lesson should have already started, and as it was raining heavily, she advised Cindy to come inside and cancel the lesson. However, Cindy stood there and kept insisting that she had to be there by 5pm. Carla, bewildered, urged Cindy to come in and sit down. Carla noticed that Cindy was extremely agitated and smelt strongly of petrol and tried to calm her down, but she couldn't make sense of her daughter's behaviour. Cindy kept pacing in circles, becoming more and more incoherent, so concerned for her well-being, Carla got a match. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sick of this, mate. You're really going to have to calm down. (laughs) You caught me off guard there. And Cindy. So, concerned for Cindy's well-being and thinking she might have been involved in an accident, Carla went out to look for her scooter. To her surprise, the scooter was nowhere to be found. So, worried about Cindy's mental health, she returned to the house and discovered that Cindy had vanished. Overwhelmed with a sense that something was terribly wrong, Carla closed the front door and sat down. But shortly after, the doorbell rang again. Carla felt a glimmer of relief, thinking it was Cindy returning, but it was unfortunately the police. So, they delivered the devastating news that Cindy had been involved in a horrific accident, pinned under a petrol truck on a highway. And was fighting for her life in the hospital. Oh, that's creepy. Carla rushed to the hospital where Cindy lay, hooked up to various medical devices and tubes, and unfortunately, pretty much as soon as Carla arrived, Cindy's condition deteriorated, and despite efforts to revive her, she unfortunately passed away. Oh, that's really sad. Now I feel really bad about the petrol joke. <laughs> so you should. <laughs> I was just happily telling you a story, and that came out of nowhere. I was like, what? Sorry, Cindy. I thought you were on Tinder or something. I've got a match! <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, Jordan, for your questions to be answered, we are now going to uncover the spooktastic doppelganger. Oh, I don't have any questions about that. Yeah, not anymore. You've asked them all. <laughs> So the word doppelganger is derived from German, and its literal meaning is ghostly double. Ah, okay. Didn't know that. Me neither. Similar to Vardigas, doppelgangers are exact replicas of the living individual in every aspect, appearance, voice, mannerisms, etc. However, unlike Vardigas, doppelgangers don't immediately precede the real person's arrival or engage in any of the same actions. Right, okay. Doppelgangers often carry a malevolent or ominous quality. They can be mischievous or serve as a sign of impending misfortune. If you encounter somebody who seems out of character troubled or slightly lost only to find out that the real person is elsewhere at the time you might have encountered a doppelganger i guess you would never really fully know would you i guess not unless um say like i'm podcasting right now talking to you on the phone and then you turn up at my house <laughs> while i'm talking to jordan i'm like oh one second jordan jordan's here <laughs> these entities are sometimes associated with omens of death oh god so one element of the possible reasoning for a doppelganger is that apparently the spirit side of you knows something is going to happen to you so it splits out of you and tries to escape the impending doom so if you see your doppelganger you should think danger is coming because that part of you is trying to escape okay that's interesting so like let's say you're on a plane and then you look to the back or something you see yourself sticking on a parachute <laughs> something's probably gonna happen okay fair enough <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a little bit of a, a famous story about a doppelganger. In the early 19th century, prominent English poet and politician named Percy Shelley, best known for his romantic poetry and being one of the major figures in the romantic movement, had a chilling encounter with his own doppelganger. The incident took place in 1816 at a villa near Lake Geneva, Switzerland, where Shelley and his friends, including Lord Byron and Mary Shelley, were staying. One evening, as he was conversing with his friends, he suddenly grew silent and appeared visibly disturbed. When asked about his unusual behaviour, Shelley revealed that he had just witnessed his doppelganger in the room. According to Shelley's account, he saw an exact replica of himself dressed in the same attire, having the same facial features, standing motionless and staring back at him, which would be terrifying to say the least. That would be awful, yeah. I'd just be like, hey, want to go upstairs? <laughs> I've got some grannies to kick. <laughs> could use your help, pal. Yeah, with two of you around, you could double your quota for the week, couldn't you? Exactly, yeah. So the doppelganger seemed identical in every way, except for its cold, emotionless expression. Shelley described the encounter as deeply unsettling, feeling a sense of foreboding and impending doom. The sighting of Shelley's doppelganger did not occur in isolation, though. Throughout his life, Shelley had experienced various instances where friends and acquaintances claimed to have encountered him in different locations while he was known to be elsewhere. These encounters were often accompanied by the sense of unease and an eerie atmosphere, as if the presence of the doppelganger brought an air of darkness and ill omen. And it seemed it did, because just a year later, after that villa incident, Percy Shelley sadly drowned in a boating accident off the coast of Italy. Oh dear. Yeah, so he saw his doppelganger, then he died. Not an ideal end to his story. So, lastly, let's talk about phantom doubles. These entities are typically observed in close proximity to the real person. They can either be engaged in completely different activities or mimicking the movements and the actions precisely. While doppelgangers can also exhibit this behaviour, phantom doubles lack the malevolence associated with them. Got ya. In one account from the 1800s, a teacher was working at a blackboard while the entire class simultaneously saw the same teacher standing outside the classroom window, observing them benignly. The phantom lasted only a few moments before the entity faded away, and phantom doubles have also been witnessed alongside the real person, mirroring their every move like a mirror image or shadow. The doubles are usually distinguishable from the real person as they appear faded or not entirely real in comparison. Oh, so that is a little more ghosty. But yeah, just weird, it's like double vision. <laughs> 
when you said double vision, there's just a little moment in my head where I just heard that as being the Chuckle Vision theme. Double, double vision. Oh, right. I don't think I ever watched Chuckle Vision. You're joking. You've missed out. I, I was too old for it, I think, when it came out. You're never too old for the Chuckle Brothers. That's what my wife keeps telling me. <laughs> but I think she means she's going to chuck me out the house, though. Ah, uh, that does sound more likely. It's like, uh, you know, like uh, you get Cockney rhyming slang. Yes. Like you say, like, apples and pears the stairs. Like, my wife's just like, I'm going to give you the Chuckle Brothers if you don't shut the f*** up, you bastard. Which is her way of saying, I'm going to kick you out of the house if you don't stop being a dick. Right. Here's the one thing about the Cockney rhyming slang. It has to rhyme. No, Jordan, I was using that as an example. <laughs> it has to Apples and pears, stairs. Oh, double vision, chuckle vision. Oh, I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> I think you've misunderstood what I was trying to say, Jordan. I wasn't saying that was Cockney rhyming slang. I was just like saying, you know, when people say things in words that aren't the actual sentence. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. But they say it for reasons of Cockney rhyming slang. No. Jo- <laughs> okay, right. I'm, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so that is the end of ghosts and living ghost people. Brilliant. I've lost all my motivation now. I need another line of glass. <laughs> ah! Just gets the heart pumping, doesn't it? Okay, I'm good to go. John, tell me some stuff. What were you talking about? And go, go, go. Hurry up, hurry up. Quick, quick, quick. So this is the compilation of the dumbest things people have said. Right, go, go. Tell me, go. Okay, here's a stupid thing someone once said. I'm ready. A guy asked me if I had a hairbrush they could use. I'm totally bald. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. I'm willing to believe that that wasn't someone having a jokey dig. Yeah. <laughs> I got, wait, it wasn't your dad's entry, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. Let's call him and ask him. <laughs> maybe that person just didn't get the sarcasm that the other person was trying to do, or maybe it was just genuine. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. But have you ever heard of r slash woosh? No. So it's a Reddit forum where people post like screenshots and things. Oh, that go over people's heads. Yeah. Got you. Like when they don't get jokes, they're just like whoosh over the head. So maybe that was just a case of some guy like what why would i have a hairbrush and the guy's like whoosh you know straight over the head yeah i think you could be right with that one possibly i dare say not with the next one okay i once had an interview where i'd be working with adults with disabilities during the interview the interviewer asked me if i worked with disabled people before i explained i grew up with a mother who was blind the interviewer then said oh so does that mean you know sign language then oh god i'll just wait for that penny to drop Here's another one. I was at a car wash and the young man in the slot next to me asked me if I wanted his extra tokens because he didn't need them. I told him those aren't tokens, they're dollar coins. Each of them are worth a dollar. He kept calling them tokens and insisted I took them. I finally shrugged and I did take them and it was around $10 worth of dollar coins. Oh God, so this (laughs) person doesn't know their own currency? Apparently not, he called them tokens. (laughs) He was like, I don't need these. (laughs) So do you think like they went into the car wash and just like exchanged a $10 bill and thought they were just getting the tokens? You know what? Maybe, yeah. Do you think they walk around in other shops and when they get changed, they're just like, oh man, I got another car wash token. Oh, I hate these vouchers. Yeah, oh, well, at least I can go and get my car wash now. God, I did a refund and it's just a credit note. <laughs> Maybe they're like super excited because like every time they go like say shopping, they get the change. They're like, oh yeah, I got like four free car wash tokens. That means I don't have to pay for my car wash. <laughs> like thinking they're being like really clever. Yeah, maybe everywhere they go, they think they're just linked to these car wash people. It's like all one big inside job. Endorsed. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, have you seen these car wash tokens? They fit in like gumball machines. They go in Coke machines. They got, speaking of Coke. <laughs> 
the irony is this guy thinks he's kind of broken the system like yeah no one else realizes you can use them in these yeah. he's only ever otherwise used to using his debit card <laughs> yeah he tries to give them away like he's just got like a short-term memory loss like he goes in hands his card over and they give it to him back he's like oh, oh i don't want this token <laughs> it's blank now yeah. <laughs> i've used it yeah i've used all the credit on this one <laughs> here's another one circa 1995 my friend told me he thought aloe vera was some european model who was hired for every cosmetic commercial because they would always say in the product name with aloe vera oh, right. as they showed the models in the back dancing or washing their faces or whatever <sighs> he thought that aloe vera was one of them i believe the direct quote was something to the effect of it's crazy how she gets hired for literally every single commercial but i mean why would that be so crazy that's like saying oh isn't it crazy how cadbury's are the ones that make all the chocolate bars mm, because uh... do you know what i mean like if say this person was correct and that was her job then surely she would be the person getting hired for all that stuff oh absolutely i'm not debating that yeah so but it is fucking wrong obviously yeah it's dead wrong like but <laughs> i'm just thinking like even if it wasn't even if this person was right why would that be crazy they would still be a dumbass <laughs> Someone asked me how the guy who donated his heart to me was doing. What? (laughs) Crikey knows how that happened. Is that maybe just one of those things where you meet someone and it's just like the first word that comes out. So like uh, whenever I see someone like, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's your heart donor doing? Well, that might just be like the first thing they just like, I haven't seen him in a while. It's like, oh, hey, don't know what to say. Oh, they had a heart surgery. Oh, how's the other guy? And then they were like, oh, shit. (laughs) Maybe. Probably shouldn't have said that one. Um, Another one. I went to a friend's house and saw his carbon monoxide detector by an open window. I asked him why it was there. He said the detector keeps beeping, so I've moved it so it would stop going off. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) I don't know how he's still alive. bit odd oh at least the window was open so hopefully it would at least go out there rather than up their nostrils you'd hope (laughs) speaking of nostrils oh god (laughs) you need to calm down ian i can't help myself (laughs) it hurts but it's addictive it's just like love (laughs) what an interesting love song that would be what uh i do cocaine like glass so i can feel you in my heart I'm going to move forward. And then back, and then forward, and then back again. Don't get faster. (laughs) Rhythmically, that's the secret. (laughs) You should be good at that. You're a drummer. (laughs) We've been through this. I am definitely not. (laughs) Only in my mind. I was in a club and they had calendars on the table that listed all the bands and what nights they were playing. I overheard a girl say, that band TBA play here a lot, don't they? <laughs> you know what? It, it reminded me when I heard that, that I always thought it would be such a great band name to be called Free Beer. Like, can you yeah, imagine yeah. that on the pub signage, Free Beer, 9pm Friday? I think that would be good for like the first time you played because everyone would be like, yeah, Free Beer, and then they'd go and then they'd never go back again because they're like, that was a cheap trick. Yeah. The punters would not be best pleased, but I mean, you never know. It could become like a bit of a, an infamous thing where actually you're kind of well known for it and it does piss people off at first, but then they kind of grow to like you. Yeah, yeah. I started thinking that with magic and that hasn't panned out. <laughs> people just call me that dickhead with cards now. <laughs> I thought, oh, maybe if I branch into something that's a little bit astounding, didn't help. Never mind. I got you back. Yeah, I'm going to need that back. <laughs> I had a 20-year-old boyfriend tell me that a woman's period is just water. What? Yeah. When I asked him why he thought this, he said it was because of the blue liquid they would pour into the pads in the commercials. He even had two sisters. Okay. (laughs) 
like? Does he just think that that's what periods are? Like that blue liquid? Apparently so. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's just like water. Someone needs to educate that person. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and speaking of people that are 20 years old, when my daughter was about 20, she told me her iPhone was almost full and she could tell because it felt heavier. <laughs> <laughs> There must be something about people being age 20 that just makes them turn into empty-headed wazzocks. Yeah, that's what happened to me. <laughs> it was long before then, pal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I can guarantee you, right, that's like somebody at school told them that. It's like, oh yeah, when it gets full, you can actually feel it. Yeah. And then it's like a psychosomatic thing. You're like, you know what? I think I think I can feel that. Yeah, like a placebo. Yeah, yeah. And then you start to use that as like your common knowledge because you're so smart and stuff. And you go home, you're like, oh yeah, my phone's getting full because it's getting heavier. And then and you're expecting the person to be like, whoa, how did they have that knowledge? They're so smart when actually they're just thinking, what a f***ing idiot. <laughs> I think a lot of people think that, actually, when they speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> just generally. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Okay, and I'll leave you with a final one. Okay. A woman wanted the city to move the animal crossing signs so that the animals would cross elsewhere. <laughs> just let that sink in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a t- not like a people crossing where they will go to it. Oh, yeah, or follow these directions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, I mean, like, you know Animal Crossing? The game? You what? Animal Crossing. No, no. I've never I have never played the game. Well, you might need to when you buy your Nintendo Switch. I have been disallowed to buy that. My wife said no. Sell her and buy the Nintendo. <laughs> Isn't that called human trading? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. No one will buy her anyway. Dark Web. It's cool. Dark Web. <laughs> You think I have the technological know-how to get onto the dark web? Oh, that's true. I can barely yeah. get onto the other internet. The You know, the normal <laughs> the, one. The, the other internet. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So whenever you hear all these kind of silly things, I encourage you to think back to this moment when the elders are hating on the younger generation, all that stuff. Just remember, it is indeed that older generation that raised them. And it's all their fault. Yeah, blame the oldies. Absolutely. Chop them. Chop them all. (laughs) Exactly. There's a moral to live by in this podcast, if there ever was one. If you ever feel stupid, chop a granny. (laughs) Am I, I going to get that tattooed on myself? I already have. <laughs> yeah. It's right across my forehead. What, Ian, did you not? I thought that was like the first thing on the agenda for starting the podcast was getting that. <laughs> yeah. Right, logo. <laughs> Chopper granny. Tattooed on forehead. Done. And the same thing on each buttock. <laughs> In fact, on each buttock, it's just a tally of how many you've done. <laughs> <laughs> of how many grannies you've chopped that day. So, uh, I, I, Kev, yeah, I'm going to need to book another uh, another sitting pile of... Uh, I've chopped 48 grannies today, so... <laughs> My ass is so sore. <laughs> Brilliant. So good. Right, to finish off, I get through the final spiel. I think I'll just... Oh, I think the bottom of the bag was asbestos. <laughs> oh, God. <coughs> oh, wait, that bit was sugar. Oh, that's all right, then. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> yes, some would argue that is the most addictive drug. Things are going to be okay. Oh, I seriously hope there is not at some point some guy in rehab that happens to stumble upon this episode <laughs> <laughs> trying to make himself feel better and distract himself. It's like, I remember that man. Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> You know, he spent two months there. <laughs> and now he's back to square one. Getting all the glass removed. <laughs> oh, awful. Okie dokie. Well then, thank you everybody for tuning in to today's episode of Two Guys What's Up, especially after last week. I'm surprised you came back. I mean, to be honest, even I was considering not bothering. Yeah, I was so close to just not answering that call. 
If you would like to get in touch with us, if you have an idea you'd like us to research, if there's anything you'd like to have read out on a future episode, or even if you just want to say hi, you can find all the links to our socials where you can reach us at twoguyswhatsup.com, which will be linked in the description of this episode for your clicking pleasure. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to us so you don't miss another episode. And maybe even tell a friend. Grab your friend and all their doppelgangers and have a two guys what's up listen party. If you and all your doppel jobbies <laughs> are enjoying the show and are feeling kind, a five star rating and review in the Apple podcast that would go a long way to help us out and we would be eternally grateful. But on that note, thanks for listening. Have an amazing week, guys, and we will see you next Monday. Bye bye. It's an open door policy, you know, just come on in, come on in. Just like my bum all. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Okie dokie.